0: Hey everyone, welcome to Group Text. Very excited today because someone I know very, very well and for many, many years is with us. Author Raquel Kelly, you are a mother, a writer, the producer, if I do say so myself, of Red Carpet Specials and Fashion Police on E! Sounds like I'm interviewing myself. Uh, You've written a new book that every parent should read called Where'd I go? And it's, I just want to get it out there, is available for free, It's available for pre-order now and real sale on June 7th.
1: Hi, Raquel. Hi, Melissa. It is so good to see you. I'm honored to be on the show and I've missed you so much. I've missed the Fashion Police family.
0: Well, all of us have been talking behind your back.
1: Oh, good. Oh, I don't know if that's good or bad. No, it's
0: how you... <laughs> good. Like, you look, our little Raquel's come so far. Oh. You are about to have baby number three.
1: Uh-huh. Three. La- last hurrah, I'm calling it. The last hurrah.
0: You're insane.
1: I know. I You're know. insane. Like, I know.
0: But they say that by the time you get to the third one, you think you know everything.
1: I mean, I don't even remember I'm pregnant at this point. You know, life is so busy between book and writing and kids that it's just like, you know, the restless leg syndrome at night reminds me like, oh, yeah, you're having a human. You know, you're growing a human. So, you know, (laughs) when it comes out in September, that's when it'll hit me, I think.
0: There you go. Uh, But that takes us right into your new book, Where'd I Go? It's not your typical self-help book. This is written for moms, well, for any parent. What made you want to write this because it's a it's awesome.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you. so it's a lift the flat board book yes, that's typically meant for babies, but I wrote it for moms. um I got the idea Where'd I go is just based on the identity crisis that I went through after having both of my girls, two under two um pre-children. I was a producer on fashion police, loving life, living at the beach, you know, life was great. Life was good. Um, and then I got pregnant, had my first, and that's when E moved from Wilshire to Burbank, which everyone knows when you live at the beach. Now the my commute after baby was going to be an hour and a half to two hours each way on a good way
0: on a good day.
1: On a good day. And as we all say here,
0: oh, 20 to 30 minutes.
1: Right. Everyone who lives in
0: L.A. knows that, that, oh, yeah, it's 20 minutes, and it means an hour.
1: It means an hour. So I was really forced. I was prepared for baby. You know, you take all the classes. You know what to do with them. But I wasn't prepared for what was going to happen to me. And for me to question everything, my career. Oh God, what am I going to do? I'm keeping this child alive with my body. I can't be gone for driving for four hours. I'm never going to see the kids. So it really made me question everything. And you know, then I got pregnant right away at, with number two, which was not expected. <laughs> Oops. At all. Oops. Um, but then after my second, I had postpartum depression really bad. And at that point probably around the 1 month mark i felt like i was drowning i wasn't thinking about career myself anything i was just thinking i need help i need out you know get me back to ohio that's where i'm from give me family i i'm drowning so we moved back to ohio which now i'm so happy and you know i knew it was the best move for my kids i knew it was the best move personally but then it sank in when I got here. What about me? What about my dreams and my goals? And I would look in the mirror and I didn't even recognize the person staring back. You know, you're, you're just covered in <laughs> shit. And and literally you're, just,
0: you're covered in vomit and shit.
1: And I'm just like, where did I go? Where did that girl go with the fire and, and you know, the passion for herself. So that's you know it's based on that identity crisis did you realize
0: did you realize you were having postpartum depression or was it sort of like what's wrong with you because you hear that from a lot of women and a lot of women don't have it with the first but do have it with the second
1: correct I did not have it with my first um and I did with the second and I think
0: did you know like this is what's happening to me
1: I think I was in denial at first because you see all the Instagram pictures of, oh, that magical moment I met my child, you know? And that's just not me. I'm, I was just relieved it was over, I you know? Oh, I
0: understand. <laughs> I
1: get that. Right? I was just like, hallelujah, and this is done. Not like, oh, I'm so in love. And I think I thought, oh, it's just baby blues. It'll get better. But when it got to a point where I finally told my husband, I don't want to wake up tomorrow. Like I don't want to wake up. And I think saying it out loud and him hearing, you know, he's like, "Okay, first off, we got to talk to Dr. G, my doctor, and let's let's talk about how we make this better." And for me in that moment, it was it was moving. So,
0: it's really frightening.
1: It is because uh, I just knew you know, when you have this, you know, Nev was probably two, three months at the time and she's smiling and I should be so joyful. And there was nothing. I felt like I was just void of emotion and nothing gave me joy. I just did not, nothing she could have done would have fulfilled me at that point in time.
0: I remember with Cooper at one point, he was crying and crying and crying. And I looked at him and I go, what do you want from me? To this day, I remember holding him in front of me going, what do you want from me? And it was a very profound moment for me because you realize, like, wow, this this is a scary emotion.
1: It's a scary emotion and you can see how people lose it. Absolutely. Because you think, oh gosh, never, never would I do anything, you know, but when you're so exhausted and when you're just so asleep, what do you want? You know, it's, it's maddening. So you, you, you understand you. And it's like you said, it's very scary to go, Oh God, I ha- I can feel this too. Just as I can feel the love. I can feel this other extreme as well.
0: Thank goodness. Your husband was aware.
1: Yeah. Were you always interested in
0: and in, in sort of aware of mental health or was this sort of like, I never in my wild, you know, I was this and I was that and it was all good. And I handled my stress.
1: Did we- no, uh, uh, it's in the genes with me. <laughs> um, so with my mother, um, you know, she's had her her battles and her issues. So thankfully, I had seen um, Dr. G, my psychiatrist, uh, beginning at 30, so about Around the time I had, actually a year before I had the baby, I started talking to her to help support my mom. Um, But I was always the rock. Mm -hmm. I was always the strong one.
0: I I, I don't remember, and excuse me for not remembering, was your mom ill?
1: She has bipolar disorder. Okay, I did. Okay, okay, fine. You buried
0: the lead.
1: I buried the lead. Yeah. It wasn't yes.
0: really and no wonder you were so good at fashion police dealing with all those multiple personalities. Wow.
1: Pro. You were so you were like,
0: like, I got this.
1: Joan Rivers ain't nothing. I got, you know. Well it I'm wasn't just John, her.
0: We had a whole uh, we had a whole basket of crazies. Oh,
1: dear Lord. I know when I think back. Oh my yes.
0: God. <laughs> we from from the from the from the Crew on up to the top of the building. We had a lot of personalities.
1: A lot of personalities I've been there to manage. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so she has it. She's doing great now, but she had an episode um, when I turned 30. And it was related to menopause and hormones. And so I was very well-versed in mental health. And it just, being able to talk about it and be open and share and- you know, share what my mom went through helps other women go, oh gosh, maybe my hormones are triggering something. And, you know, just being able to share about my story, I feel like it's so important because it, it, in some way, shape or form, it affects everybody. And so the more that we can talk about it, I feel the better. It,
0: it's amazing. It that, especially with mental health, and especially with moms, Mm-hmm. And it's one of the topics and one of the themes you hit in the book, where did I go? Mm-hmm. Suddenly your yeah. entire identity
1: yeah.
0: is gone. All anybody wants yeah. I mean, I remember when I had Cooper, my doctor warned me, you're going to have him, you're going to hold him, we're going to check him, he's going to be taken to the nursery and everyone is going to follow the baby. Mm-hmm. No one's oh, going to be left in the room. And she it's was so right. True.
1: It's so true. We check the baby at like day one, day two, day three. It's like, Ma, see in six weeks. Hopefully everything's going okay down there. And, you know, yeah. it's crazy that it's just like, good luck. But everyone me.
0: follows the baby out of the room to the nursery and pictures and this. And you're sitting there like legs still in the air, <laughs> feeling extremely abandoned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's so true. It's so true. But yeah, no, that's that's really how it is. And it's it's so funny though, because once I had moved back, you know, I got the corporate job. I got everything I thought I wanted: stability, nine to five, just normalcy in Ohio. And I was just miserable. I went from being creative and You know, coming up with segments and graphics and ideas to then managing. I was a project manager, so I had to manage the people. And I just, I just knew in total dramatic form, I'd tell my husband, I'm in the wrong movie. This is not my movie. This is not how it's supposed to go. You know, I'm not supposed to work for the next 30 years of my life, retire and then die and just live in monotony. I'm like, no. So heading into 2020, I'm like, I'm gonna write again, I'm gonna get creative, I'm gonna do it. So it was the Christmas of 2019 and my, um, I was taking a masterclass with Sarah Blakely founder Mm -hmm. of Spanx the best, um, just to get the creative mojo going again. And, uh, the first module was all about getting quiet to get creative, especially as moms were just constantly, you know, going, going, going in our minds. So just put some time away for creativity. So my goal was to do that. After the module, my mom calls and asks me what I want for Christmas. And I joked and, like, my old boobs back. That's what I want for Christmas. Mom.
0: <laughs> Love the fact that that little shallow piece of fashion police still right? exists.
1: Suck with me always. You're Can't always. Can't take my heart. it away. <laughs> exactly. So she's like, that's a hard gift to get you, my dear. Not really. <laughs> I, well after number three we might need to we might need to you know assess the situation so uh, so that night I was reading where Santa Claus which is a lift the flap board book to Nev and I lifted the flap of the Christmas tree and I jokingly pictured I'm like oh there's mom's old boobs under the tree there they are <laughs> and so that night following Sarah Blakely's advice I just started getting quiet And my brain just started going and i'm like oh my gosh what if it's a lift the flat board book but it's for moms not babies and it's just the ride of motherhood and our emotions and our bodies and them growing old and leaving the nest and i wrote till 4am in true creative fashion right it was just pouring out and at 4am emailed it to my you know writing mentor karen hopkins uh, in la and woke up to her email saying this is brilliant. You're going to sell it. Let's get to work. And here we are. So I mean, it doing going. it
0: as a lift the flap book, I have to say, is brilliant yeah.
1: because that that's, came to me.
0: Right. But that's because at that point in our lives, that's all you're reading.
1: Yeah. That's all I know is, you know, board books. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and lift the flap and ooh, look what's under the flap. Right. Right. What was but the I... actual process like? Because you had to work with illustrators oh. and, you know, it's it's really, it's not just the words, it's the drawings and the, where the flap lifts and what, I mean, it seems like a huge undertaking.
1: It, it really was. And this is my first book. You, you've you written a couple. You have a lot under your belt. But,
0: but I didn't do like, a, I have enough trouble picking photographs for a book, let alone <laughs> drawings and flaps.
1: Yeah. So um, the publisher, the Collective Book Studio, they're actually out of San Francisco, and, um, they were really great they loved the idea um i spent the whole that whole summer working with amy treadmill with and it was just an awesome back and forth but it was also really hard because you had to think of okay what's the copy on the front but then what does it say on the back does the illustration match are we giving things away on the front so it was just very intricate um, Carol Chevalier at, uh, was the illustrator. She's out of the UK and she did an amazing job cause it was, you know, I'm sure she got the script and it's just like, Oh God, you know, like legs wide open in labor. And you know, <laughs> she's having to figure out like, how do I do this? And how does the flap work? So, and not get it today, flagged
0: for pornography.
1: Correct. <laughs> so I will say the hardest part about my book journey has been the production end of it. Right. And just like, the physical making of it and how it works. And then of course, shipping overseas in China, forget it. You know, that's been a nightmare. So that's been the hardest part and the most learning I've had in the in the process.
0: What have you learned about yourself in the process? <sighs> Besides obviously that you need to practice better birth control. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> My husband's gonna get some permanent birth control uh, <laughs> soon. Um, but I am honestly really, really proud of myself, which is so Um, hard
0: for women to say.
1: I'm so proud of myself. I've really, this has been a mental, (laughs) a mental war really every day, every day where I might get a piece of bad news, right? Where this was supposed to be out for mother's day. And then of course China, shipping, overseas. It's just the debacle. And so every day I've had to have my mindset be so strong that when something doesn't work out, I can be pissed that night and eat Chipotle in bed, you know, and let myself be frustrated. But that next day I'm like, it didn't happen because it wasn't supposed to, and I'm still going to make this a success. And okay, plan B, let's, you know, I've really every single day. And as you know, rejection, not fun, No, Um, but I'm kind of used to it. So So we all are. So, you know, so it's like when someone doesn't respond to an email or you're just trying to gift them the book, like, please, I want to just get this in your hands. And like, you know, they don't respond. You just kind of have to just move on and say, no means next. And so I'm just proud of myself for first getting it made and you know, just sticking with it.
0: How are you preparing for baby number three? I mean, obviously you've become much more aware of yourself, of your mental health, yeah. of the challenges. What are you, what's your big, not takeaway, but what do you say, okay, I guess the question is, what are you saying to yourself now that you wish you had known to say to yourself with number one?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm definitely, I wish I could tell my younger self, right? It's going to be okay. You're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Little did I know that I thought my career was over moving from LA to Ohio. I thought, okay, that chapter is done. Now I'm just going to, you know, work at an office and be a housewife. And that's it. Little did I know that what I went through shaped my next chapter, my next creative chapter. And so I really am lowering expectations of myself. That's
0: me. Suddenly, good enough <laughs> seems awesome.
1: Lowering all the expectations for myself. I felt like it, you know, especially with the first one, you feel like you have to be everything. You have to be this great mom and successful in your career and a great white, like you just have to do it all. And this time I'm like, girl, just keep the kid alive. That's it. <laughs> like, that's it. And. I just feel like lowering expectations of other people as well, because, you know, everybody else is busy. So yes, while I will be going through a lot, everybody else has lives too. And they're not just going to drop everything and make me food. And, you know, like, so I feel like just honestly lowering expectations of me and everybody else around me and just being in it, you know, since I keep saying, this is the last one, just trying to be as present as possible. Um, and Taking care of my mental health preemptively versus getting to a point where oh things are bad. It's like okay let's get a let's get Dr G scheduled week one and start talking to her every week and you know stay on top of. There's a great company I, I found called Anya and they make postpartum. Um, I think Frida Pinto is the co-founder and they make great postpartum things vitamins and everything for energy. So I really just want to also take care of myself this time around.
0: I want to talk a little bit about Fashion Police. Yes. How much fun did we have on that show?
1: Melissa, let me just tell you. Okay. So I know we're talking about my book, but uh, I've been reading (laughs) Lies My Mother Told Me. Okay. I literally found myself grinning ear to ear from like your introduction. I'm on like, chapter five or six it uh it just reminded me of like I love the banter between you and your mom like mom oh my gosh you know and just how how you guys were and it's just so good I can hear her through your writing and I just miss her and I mean we were a very dysfunctional family admittedly. oh god
0: if <laughs> people, if we had been smart, we would have had a docu crew with us all the time.
1: That maybe that's our next endeavor. Maybe it's fashion police, you know. Really, 3.0. Yeah. 3.0. Oh my gosh. But it was a blast. And I didn't realize how big it was. I feel like we were in this vacuum. We were in a I bubble. What I don't think people realize is we taped at what? Did we roll tape at like 7 a.m.? Well, we like, tried. Yeah. Yeah, we tried, but like call times were four or five in the morning and then we'd have to tape and then we'd have to edit and get the show out. It was a fast and furious ride every single and it,
0: week. Yes. It was weekly. I mean, it was, people don't realize it was a grind. A grind. And you got, basically your brain could rest Saturday and Sunday and half day Monday. Yeah. And then you had to be, you know, IV caffeine.
1: Yeah. No, it was, it was a lot. I mean, I loved Joan, you know, like- you know her go-go juice and her coffee mug. I love that fact that she don't remember. Brienne would always have to be on like white wine duty for Joan. You know? I know. And it was great, and just the guests and what we did. And I didn't realize how big it was until I moved to Ohio and I got this job. And you know, I'm just like, oh yeah, I worked on Fashion Police, and the coworkers are like, what? we had fashion police nights. Like our friends, we would have our girl nights, like surrounded by fashion police. And this one um, developer who you would think, you know, she watches anime and, you know, has no clue. You wouldn't think she would care. She goes, I watched the shit out of that show with my mom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's some, what are some of the episodes you remember?
1: Okay. Um, sitting in the, the fountain, foun-
0: wait, sitting in the fountain Fountain with Ryan Lochte.
1: For sure hands down I feel like Joan's 80th birthday was epic like I just we had the red carpet and a horse and carriage and DJ Polly D you know I felt like that was wasn't oh Gilbert Godfrey. wasn't he didn't we play the dating game we something? did Gilbert
0: was oh. on the dating game
1: yes so I feel like Definitely her 80th birthday and the Halloween specials. You couldn't beat like the Halloween specials were always the best.
0: Yes, Do you remember the Snooky outfit.
1: Snooky and remember when Snooky came on? Yes, he was a surprise. Snooky was our surprise,
0: surprise (laughs) guest. Um, (laughs) God, we've all grown up. Um, What can what can men learn from your book? I I just want to go back to that. What can and by the way, I love the fact that you've made it. I'm not bashing men. A very simple read for dads. (laughs) They're
1: able to compute in their brains. Um, I think it allows them, because like we've said, men are very simple creatures, but allows them to really get under the hood and maybe understand that layer beneath. Because I'm sure just as we change a lot, you know, they're probably going, what has happened to my wife? You know, where did she go? Maybe that's your next book where'd she go? So I think it allows them to really understand, oh, wow, they are going through a lot and they're having to question this. And maybe that's why they're taking it out on me or acting different, but it allows them to maybe understand the root cause of it all.
0: What's your next book? Well, first, so- hey, first let me back up. First, we need to get you, have the baby, yeah. Yeah. settle in. Yeah. Then what's the, are you going to do another book?
1: I'm going to do another book. So my goal as a writer is to make hard things easy to talk about. So I have um, the Mom Goal podcast, which is the goal to make moms into moguls in 15 minutes because we ain't got time, right? Um, but on there, we talk about finance and, you know, mental health and physical, just hard things, but in an easy to understand format. And so my next book is going to be based on, I brought up, uh, my mother, it's going to be based on, we're diving deep. It's going to be based on the analogy that Dr. G gave me to help me understand her, um, her illness better, and it was just this analogy she gave about how we all go through life with a set of glasses, and um, some people have different tints. Some people are darker tinted, and they can't see the light. You know, they have depression. My mom had rose-colored glasses, so everything was manic and cheerful. But you can't tell them that their reality isn't what they're seeing, right? That's their reality. So. I'm going to dive deep into those glasses and I just want to be able to create a conversation starter. I feel like there's so much going on right now with our kids and COVID coming back from that and the suicide rate. And so just being able to have something that can get that conversation started, whether it be with your child, your teenager, your friend, um, that makes you understand uh, their world a bit better. And To help communicate about
0: that. Oh, Raquel, we love you so much. And I personally am so proud of you. I'm a little taken aback by how deep you've become because I I really did appreciate that most of my staff was very, very shallow.
1: So you were. don't get me wrong, I still watch the red carpet and I have my little girls with me. Melissa, you would have been so proud. My oldest is a savage. She <laughs> savage. Rin was like, no, no, no. Ew, what's that? Like just total savage. I'm like, oh gosh, you're good. You're good. You, you so I instilled it in her. I instilled it in her.
0: You are so loved and so wonderful. The book, Where'd I go, is available for pre-order. It's A great book. It's helpful. It's Mental Health Month. Everybody, order it. We all have something to learn. And Raquel, I'm so happy to see you.
1: Thank you. I love you. I miss you. Tell everyone I said hello.
0: I will. Ahura Media Production.